You're listening to a DM podcast. Hello, and welcome to Behind the Podcast. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. We thought we'd do something a little bit different this week and switch it up and take you behind Behind the Podcast and tell you a little bit about ourselves and how the show came together. So let's do it. Let's go behind Behind the Podcast. You. All right, so how did this all start? Well, Jules and I have known each other, what, 15, 20 years? 15, 20 years seems about right. Yeah, okay. So we've been mates for a while, always talk pop culture with each other. Uh, when podcasts became a thing, always sharing the latest, greatest things we liked, develop similar sort of tastes and interests in that regard. If we're honest, it began the way that a lot of these podcasts seem to start is over a conversation with a couple of beers at the pub. Stocks came to me, pitched the idea, why don't we try and speak to people who are making the podcast and get a few insights into what they do, how it works, how they've made it work and what their successes have been. So the old Seinfeld, the podcast about a podcast. Look, I figured it was a good way to learn being in the podcast industry, which we'll get into in a minute, having an interest in podcasts, uh, wanting to meet more people and learn what they were doing. There was a selfish motivation from me. Plus, we figured that the easiest people to interview, seeing as you and I have never interviewed anyone ever, was to interview people who do podcasts. That's right. It makes it a little bit easier if these people talk for a living. It might be a bit more simple to get some actual long answers out of them rather than just yes and no answers. Yeah, we found some flaws with that strategy, but that was where we went in. And then we spoke to the uh, good people at the Australian Podcast Awards, pitched them the idea of a podcast about podcasts, celebrating Australian podcasts, and trying to find a way to keep the podcast awards front of mind over the 12 months of the year, as opposed to the one month when it really sort of takes over. That's right. I think the Australian Podcast Awards owners had a slightly different idea, like many of us did, about what last year was going to be like 2020. They had big plans of being out here in Australia. But unfortunately, a few massive things happened, which stopped that from occurring. And they had to lean on Anthony and I for a little bit of, to keep the name recognition going for the year while they couldn't be here. So it's been good fun. Look, it's been an interesting journey. We've learned a few things. Uh, It's a process that is going to continue. But we figured this is a good chance to perhaps introduce who we are, what we're doing and what we've learned. So let's start with you, Jules. I'm probably the least interesting background of the two of us in terms of podcasts. I think I was introduced to them by Anthony back in around sort of 2011, pointed me in the direction of This American Life. Anyway, I just thought it was unreal. I mean, you know, back in those days, we used to listen to the radio all the time and you'd get to know, you know, some of the presenters sometimes, but they would just talk and then be interrupted by ads and songs every now and again. And you never really got to really dive deep into any of the things they were talking about. Well, you were always a music guy, right? Because you worked at Nokia in the music division when Nokia was still a thing in mobiles. But um, you always were a guy who was quick with a playlist at a party or just when we're hanging out. Yeah, that's right. So I was one of those young people where you would say that music was my life. I couldn't play, I couldn't sing. So instead I listened to and started to curate playlists for, as you mentioned, Nokia, which a lot of people won't know as well. <laughs> it's about as dated as the radio uh, comment before. But yeah, so we, I'd, I'd sort of had an interest in that tech space and, and anything kind of digital really I gravitated towards. Went from the This American Life to WTF with Mark Marin to the BS Report with Bill Simmons. Anything that you had an interest on, you were able to find something that you could dive deeper into and really tickle that itch and, and find out whatever you wanted about any particular topic. 
Yeah, you were a big Marin guy back in the day. I remember that. I was huge. As well as being a, a wannabe musician, I was also a wannabe stand-up comedian. So he was giving good little insights on how to get into that area. You could say you've got the perfect skill set to be in a podcast. That's right. Can't sing. Can talk. <laughs> so a little bit about me. Um, you'll hear Jules interchanging using the words Anthony or Stocks. My name's Anthony Stockdale. I get called Stocks. I get called Anthony. It's just the way it is. I don't really notice, but figure that you guys might be going, is there a third person on this podcast? There isn't. My background, well, we have a podcast network, the Diamantina Media Network, where we have a bunch of different podcasts. We were sort of built it on the back of the Batuta Advocate. We had an audience. We got approached to do a podcast. We all love podcasts. We figured discoverability was the biggest challenge in podcasting. So we had an audience and came up with a good concept for the Batuta Advocate podcast. And one thing led to another. We've gone from strength to strength, finding initially like-minded content, people like Hello Sport, the great cricketer, people like that who had that sort of fun, satirical take on pop culture and sport. And we've grown from there. So for me, as I said, this was a sort of selfish move to a degree. I wanted to talk to more people in the space and wanted to learn more. I've seen it with some of the podcasts we work with. The guys like Equity Mates are basically able to supercharge their knowledge on how they invest and talking to the people they've wanted to talk to and using a podcast as a mechanism to do that. So some of that was my motivation. Also, I wanted to get behind the mic. I've seen and helped many people go get into podcasting and develop podcasts and figure why not do it for myself and thought, well, I'm, I'm not good enough to do it alone. So I've got to find someone to do it with. And Jules popped to mind, pitched it to him, as he said, over a couple of uh, Sherby's and here we are. <laughs> All right. So how do we start out? How do you start a podcast? Look, we've done it before, but neither of us have ever interviewed anyone. So the advantage of having a podcast network is that we were able to talk to some of the podcasts on our network. Yeah, well, I think one of the differences, I think, well, one of the advantages we had, as you said, is this the connections that you have through the network. From the actual conception, the conceit of the idea, we were up and running within a couple of weeks. We did a couple of practice sessions with a few different people just to start to get a feel of sitting in front of a microphone, what that was like, the kind of questions we wanted to ask, the format, how we wanted to work through these sort of questions and, and how you keep the interviews rolling and don't run out of things to say. So it was definitely a learning curve, but I think having that sort of knowledge base and Rolodex that you have, we were able to get it up and running a lot quicker, I think, and get those first couple of interviews booked. It's funny you say that we were worried about keeping the conversation rolling. That was a legitimate concern. And I think the first guys we spoke to were the football shed. It's three blokes who do a podcast about the English Premier League. We couldn't get a word in. No. Uh, that was quickly dispelled. The, <laughs> the keeping a conversation short was going to be the challenge. That's it. And knowing when to interject and how to kind of drive people along a sort of narrative journey that maybe you think might be helpful for you, the listener. That's right. I mean, you, we found that subsequently in some of the interviews we've had, the Equity Mates guys did say that the first interview they did went for sort of three hours and they just couldn't control it, just letting the guy run through. And we experienced that straight away. I think as well, listening to podcasts, you're so used to some of them going on for an hour and a half. So you just kind of think, all right, well, this is what it's got to be. Like, let's try and talk for an hour and a half and see what happens. And you realize quite quickly that if you are talking to people who can talk, they will talk. And it's knowing when to stop or knowing when to pull people up and actually edit along the way. 
to help you deliver something obviously that's going to be a bit easier to listen to on the receiving end yeah and it's also people's favorite subject right themselves that's let's it. have a rip and that's been interesting as well talking to people who you go oh you're asking me the questions i'm not asking a question which is something i've found with the the guests i think we've had different types of guests i thought if you're a podcaster you can be able to speak assumption was wrong there's two things as we've discovered with the intro we script the intro of our show the rest of it's all conversational and the nightmare which was you and me trying to read four to five sentences to open a show and just sounding so bad yeah um, as we said we've got no background in this so one hearing your voice for the first time and how you sound when you speak that's quite alarming then how you sound when you speak when you're reading from something that has been scripted is something altogether completely different and very very foreign yeah we did have a few conversations of just i listened to the podcast you sounded great i can't believe i sound like such a fuckwit <laughs> but that's the thing as well with the guests we have guests who can speak off a script so we had someone like a ruby jones um, who is incredible. I can't ever hope to be able to read and do an episode that she does from the 7am podcast. At the same time, we have someone like a Denim Kemp who can talk for days and does a 50-minute solo podcast frequently, once a week. Yeah, sometimes I think you get these people who come in who can speak and they start talking the second they walk in the office and giving all of the stuff that you wish you could hear on the podcast. They've already said it to you before you even start the recording. So if you are looking for a tip, it's start the microphone the second they walk in the door just in case they say something really, really good. So I knew how to edit a podcast, not the most fun thing in the world, but we're trying to work out how do we actually edit this podcast and what we landed on was as soon as we finished, we'd basically export it as an MP3 and we'd send it to our phones. And then we could listen to it over the next few days. And then either on the weekend or one evening during the week, we'd then get together and we'd edit the podcast, both having made notes on things to cut, things we didn't like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then we'd sit in the studio and actually put the podcast on and edit it together. So we're trying to get it down. Often we're getting about sort of that 45 minute to an hour right. on the record and we were trying to get it down to 30 to 45 minutes in terms of the final product and we just did that together for me i hadn't really had much experience in editing in the past it was quite interesting to see the way that this came together and also by speaking to other people who do similar sorts of things kind of validating the way that we do do it listening to yourself as i've said before is very confronting so i think it, trying to take yourself out of that a little bit and, and just listen to the content that's coming out and just saying okay did i ask the question correct am i getting across what i wanted to say there occasionally you might need to re-record a question if you just stumbled across something but which isn't too much of a difficulty and hopefully you don't notice too much but i'm sure there's times where we thought we were killing it and it's come across rather ridiculous but at any rate the more you do it, the more confident you get with actually asking the questions and knowing when to stop the question. And it was good to do it together because at the start, I was sitting at home editing a podcast and hating my voice. And honestly, the first five to six episodes would have all been you. I would have edited out every single bit. <laughs> I probably would voice. have done likewise. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good to get that affirmation as well. There were times when you're going, gee, I, I didn't like what I said then. You go, no, that's fine. And yeah. vice versa. So that was, yeah. Good process, and it's something we're still doing now. But what we did pick up was some annoying habits, ticks in our voices, things that we do that never knew. Yeah, I think once you've heard yourself ask a couple of questions a few times, some words that you kind of fall on become very obvious to you. Obviously, is something that I seem to say a lot. 
I've had this pointed out to me a couple of times. My mum is also hypercritical of the way that I say episode sometimes. So that's a little note that I'll take on. And just little things when you're asking a question, you can sometimes, if you haven't really done it before, just launch into this thought before you've really processed it yourself. So knowing how to kind of navigate when you're in the midst of that and figuring out how to wrap it up properly rather than just sort of trailing off at the end and you leave yourself with a little murmur at the end or something like this, which just sounds ridiculous when you listen back to it. I think we've also tried to interject our understanding a bit more into the questions. So rather than just asking them just a straight direct question, just give them a little bit more that they can work from and just show them that you actually have taken the time to appreciate, you know, what you've been listening to of theirs and you know what they're doing. What we were doing is we were overreacting or actively conversing when we were listening. So instead of just, you know, well, like you would in a conversation, you're acknowledging, yes, uh uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm -mm mm-mm-mm. That's terrible for a podcast. So what we were doing is constantly giving verbal cues that we were paying attention and we were just having to edit all of those out. And now it's about much more having visual nodding and making sure that they know you're listening, keeping eye contact. And Yeah, it sounds super weird um, and it really is when you're doing it for the first time and you're sort of smiling and, and laughing at someone with your face but you're trying not to make noise so that it can be edited a lot easier afterwards. Uh, you feel like a bit of a dickhead, but you do get used to it after a while and you do see the benefits when you're in the edit suite. We had to start doing research for these people. I mean, we're podcasters talking to people who do podcasts and the first thing I'll do is listen to a shitload of podcasts, really. That's right. We've interviewed a couple where they've had one season so far, like uh, Search Engine Sex with Rowdy. That one was only eight episodes long or so. The true crime ones were... The true crime ones, yeah. They were season by season. So... If one did really kind of capture your attention and you hadn't heard it before, you could really dive in and over a weekend knock off the lot. Um, it takes a very understanding partner and or whoever you know, you're know you with to say, okay, great, feel free to listen to eight hours of podcasts when we should be doing the things that we should be doing on the weekend. But generally, you know, maybe book a trip somewhere, go for a six-hour drive, you can knock a couple off that way and they'll be all right with it. But yeah, so how do you generally get through all of that content to make sure that you're ready for the interview? Without realizing it, my podcast listening habits had stagnated. I was probably on rotation with eight or 10 podcasts that I was just listening to constantly. And this really pulled me out of the comfort zone going, well, who are we talking to? Great. Shameless. Right. Got a deep dive on this. Got to pump out at least 10 episodes. I feel like we've got to do five to 10 episodes. Go back and listen to at least to the first one, any noteworthy ones, the most recent ones, and then just a selection in between. And you're throwing yourself into just content you never would have thought of. Yeah, it's pretty easy once you get started to go on a bit of a rabbit hole with them, particularly if they are interesting. And luckily, you know, everyone we've been speaking to so far has been. Um, I think that point that you made before, Stocks, about listening to the kind of first couple, we wanted to get a gauge of what they sounded like when they started and then how they've progressed and see, you know, what they've done to improve along the way so that we could hopefully bring those uh, tips and tricks out of them. And it was also just refreshing to see that not everyone's, well, no one started where they finished. Yeah, that's right. Even the ones who are absolute pros now and are making a killing out of this, you listen to some of the early ones and and they'll be the first to tell you that they've improved so much and it's just been a matter of repetition and getting out there and doing it. So starting out, we lent on the Australian Podcast Awards and basically picked shows who were either finalists, nominated or winners. 
by working with the Australian Podcast Awards, we did we were fortunate enough to have a list pre-prepared for us, basically, of, of podcasts who were out there who were getting some attention. And we thought it was a great way we could just go through and chat to them. We had an in um, and start to get some insights from them about, you know, what they've gone through, what their journey has been to get there, to be nominated and to, in a few cases, win. So that made it easy. It was able to talk to sort of the top of the food chain, which was fun. And we naturally got to go through by virtue of the of the categories in the awards show. We got to dabble in a few different genres. Um, we went and spoke to a few people in news. So we spoke to 7am. We spoke to the Squiz. Um, a couple of great lessons there. I mean, going from that to something like we mentioned before, search engine sex, it's very, very different content. So hearing the way that they go about their business and, and what they try and push forward and what they want their listeners to get from them is really, really fascinating. Yeah, should we run through some of the, sort of the key lessons we've learned? Absolutely. Started, well, we started during COVID. So we were starting not interviewing people face-to-face, which probably what we know now was adding a degree of difficulty. That's right. When, you, when you're in a room with someone, it's a lot easier to build a rapport with them and you're standing there, you're making eye contact, you're just getting into a natural conversation or at least something that feels natural to you and your normal speech patterns and the way you talk and the way you would chat to someone. When you integrate that element of technology into the equation, it does make things a little bit more awkward at first. I think everyone's pretty experienced with Zoom right now, given what's happened over COVID. But I think in the context of of podcasting, it just adds that extra little layer of awkwardness over the top with delays that you have and depending on the internet speed or depending on what their connection's like or are they recording things properly, you can have some sort of moments where if someone even tells a joke, you might start to laugh and then they haven't finished what they were going to say. So then they get the you laughing a second later and that causes a whole on, roll-on effect. That was a lesson from the wigs was that jokes died with Zoom. It was. It's just that timing. You're just a little bit off. The great lesson we learned from Shameless was body language over Zoom. So they got to the point where they were able to read each other over Zoom and sort of say, all right, she's going to say something. Like Zara will go, Michelle's going to say something. Or Michelle goes, Zara doesn't want to touch this question. I've got to jump in and take it. And that's fantastic, just having that chemistry, but also being able to start giving those visual cues. And we started to do that even when we're in the same room of going, I'm up, I've just got... Here's my little hand sign. I'm going next. I've got this. So that was really helpful. Knowing when to go, knowing who's going to speak, knowing I've got one, I want to jump in here. It's really important when you've got a two-handed show. With Stocks and I, we do sort of meet beforehand and, and we've started to prepare a lot more. Uh, you know, Once we've listened to everything, we'll write down a bunch of the key sort of notes that we've found interesting throughout listening to the show. We talk about what we would like to touch on. We put that together th- and through our kind of narrative that we've created. At any point in the interview, we know that we've got a few things that we can fall back on and, and bring up before we need to we we use a program called Miro that helps us kind of navigate um, it's a collaborative online tool which is very helpful when we're doing it we'll just hover over the question that we want to ask if we think it fits in with the flow of the conversation another thing that we learned well really from every single podcast is just about consistency you're not going to be great straight away so it's all about just getting out there and doing it taking your hits taking your licks trying to learn from your mistakes and trying to just improve a little bit each time. So we are quite sort of critical of ourselves, particularly um, a bit more supportive of each other when we're doing the edit, but you are able to kind of, you know, we're in a bit of a safe space and you can say, okay, did that sound all right? Did it not? As you mentioned before, I mean, it just, it really does make the process a whole lot easier. 
Yeah, just consistently putting out an episode every week. I think we're at the stage now we've done a few. We haven't done that many, but we've done enough that we sort of know we're really enjoying this and we want to keep on kind of pushing it. And I think the best way to do that is to stop and reflect like we're doing now um, every once in a while and try and sort of say, okay, cool, like this is the direction we want to take it next or we want to try and incorporate this and that and, and yeah, hopefully make a better product. And then look from Jay Oi, who did... Shoes uh, off. Shoes off. I think that's one of my favorite podcasts and he's definitely one of the favorite people we've spoken to. We, we learned respect the audience. We were editing and going, geez, are we editing too much? You know, should we be living in that Rogan paradigm of, hey, just roll it, let it go. Denim does the same sort of thing where you just, all right, we're on, it rolls, we finish, don't edit, free-flowing conversation, that's the medium. But what we learned from Jay was respect the audience. People are spending the time to listen to your show. They're taking the time out of their day. Make it good. We can't make it as good as Jay because he is incredible, but make it as good as you can. And that also comes to, do we leave this bit in or to take it out? Well, it's not adding any value. Let's get this podcast down to 38 minutes as opposed to 42 minutes and just respect the audience's time and make it the best, tightest product we can. Yeah, he was really good at self-editing and doing the production himself, sound design, everything. And I mean, that is one of the things as well as what is the medium and, and how can you use it to help tell your story? So ones like Childers or the Pong Su, you know, they had this really interesting vocals and, and interviews with people who are a part of the story but then also the sound design that they use so Childers he actually enlisted the help through the internet of someone who could help him with the sound design Sultan Fexo that's right I mean he was very lucky by his own accord to find Zoltan who really, really gave a shit about what these things sounded like to the point where, you know, they were trying to put in sound of a fire engine. Now, Zoltan looked up what the fire engine model was that would have been used back at that time in that location and managed to track down some audio of that those siren sounds. Likewise with birds, you know, he found the native bird sounds from that area just to really make this rich and authentic. And authenticity seems to be key. I mean, playing to your strengths, don't try to be someone you're not. We're, playing, we're interviewing podcasters because it's an area of interest and expertise for us. Yeah, depending on what your sort of story is, if you're telling a story or if you've got you know, a, a recap of the, of the news each week or you want to uh, tell a long-form piece of, of journalism, what you're doing each week is really going to be a bit different there. And I think you know, when we spoke to, to Mark Fennell with the nut jobs, he talked about having this kind of North Star from a narrative perspective that you could look to the whole time and that would help guide you when you were doing interviews, when you were editing. Like you know ultimately what you, what you want your show to be and that helps you drive that story and get it to that place. That's been important. I mean, we are. Be, it's in the title for us. It's behind the podcast and we want to go behind the podcast and we want to get the story behind the podcast and we want to learn more. It's been fascinating. Look, what we want to do better as well I think we just want to get better at how we interview, how we interact. We want to bring a bit more of ourselves out there. I think we both feel like we're holding back a little bit in terms of our personality coming across and who we are. It's very much, it's all about the guest, but I think we're still trying to find a way to put our personality a little bit more into the show. Yeah, and if it's the things that we've kind of learned through speaking to each of these people, do we incorporate that more into the show? Do we incorporate that more into the community? Do we take some of these lessons where people have talked about, you know, starting Facebook, Instagram, all these sorts of different things to really try and enrich this podcast and take out all those kind of learnings and, and make this really something special. So as this is behind the podcast, Jules, give me a couple podcast recommendations of things you're listening to and enjoying. Not a problem at all. 
we're fortunate enough to have in this day and age uh, the Spotify podcast player which automatically opens up your top shows now some of these i'll curate because i don't want to sound like an idiot and some of them i'll just read straight out so i'm you know a huge sports fan a huge bill simmons fan so anything that's on the ringer is basically something i'm going to be listening to love movies love pop culture so i listen to the big picture um i listen to the rewatchables that's one of my favorites it puts into a new light on movies that you love that you might not have watched in quite a while but you've seen heaps of times over your life you get to hear some behind-the-scenes stories. You get to hear, you know, they've got great categories that they use in each of that to help sort of drive through, you know, and, and talk about that story. It is a testament to having a format and working within that format. Uh, from a local level, the Hello Sport podcast and, and you know, I'm not ashamed to say the Batuta podcast in front of stocks here. In terms of Australian podcasts, I highly recommend the Finding Desperado podcast. It's by Alexi Toliopoulos and Cameron James. We have Cameron coming up on a future episode of Behind the Podcast. I love this podcast. Finding Drago was their first in this series, and I didn't know how the hell they were going to follow that up. But Finding Desperado, I was listening to it over the weekend and had at least one laugh out loud moment per episode. These guys just kill me. They're so good. This is their third podcast together. The chemistry is amazing, and the way they can riff off each other. And there's one other podcast I just found recently. It's called the Lit Poetry Podcast, as in Lit, L-I-T, Poetry Podcast. It's only a few episodes in, but it's done by a poet from Melbourne. And what he does is he showcases a, he showcases a different poem each week. The first one is The Jabberwocky by Lewis Carroll. I just found it was something completely different. It's somewhere between a podcast and the car map. He'd emailed me and got in touch and just said, look, check out my podcast. I listened to it on a Sunday afternoon and I just it just put me in such a good headspace. And it wasn't two people talking about something. It was just a completely different headspace where what he does is he talks about the poem he's going to feature that day, gives a little bit of a personal anecdote around why he's featuring this poem. Then there's a read of the poem. Then he analyzes the poem. And then there's another read of the poem. It's on all under 20 minutes. And finally have an appreciation of poetry. Working yeah. on it. Working <laughs> on it. Come on, you've got to give me a guilty pleasure. Yeah, I've got heaps of guilty pleasures. That one's no problem at all. So, as I said, I'm a bit of a pop culture tragic, particularly reality TV in Australia. Um, so, anything that's going to recap any shows like Married at First Sight Australia, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, this is the kind of fertile ground that I really like to get involved with with and find out more about i think the way that you know the amount of editing and the amount of work that goes into these shows doesn't often get talked about enough or get the respect it deserves or at least i think it deserves so i do like to listen to any kind of podcast where they are going to talk about those topics and really get you know a bit of a deeper dive into the characters and what we've seen in the episodes before i think there's some very very funny comedic voices doing that in australia as well not here to make friends, for example. It's set, it's headed up by James Weir, and it's absolutely classic. So definitely, if you're into the reality TV shows, give that one a listen. All right, we'll get you out of here on that. Thank you for joining us on this episode, this abnormal episode of Behind the Podcast. If you hated it, that's fine. We'll be back to normal programming next week. Yeah, thanks for all the support and for listening so far. It's been quite a journey and, and one we look forward to continuing on. 